are, and welcome to a Canadian, a Hockey Night in Canada episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. Josh Crew is back. Josh, uh, Hockey Night in Canada was on Saturdays? Uh, sa- Come on, man. Saturday nights, yes. Okay, so Come it's... on, man. What? We're talking to the Sorry. three least Canadian Canadians. Yeah. Three- I need you and Becky to know that, but like... Shy at least existed, but everyone else we knew was pretty much sitting and watching Ron McLean and Don Cherry, Ron McLean noted tragically hip lover, uh, broadcast. Like families in Canada are sitting, were sitting around the TV when we were going. No, sorry, no, wait, on. wait. Do you you know the ability how Shy is able to just tune things out, right? Like his, like he can put these blinders on, and just certain things don't exist in his universe. Like no, I, in Canada. I actually the premise of my question was that this is Saturday night that we're recording this, and I was assuming that that is I was remembering it, that was hockey, is hockey on as a sport. It's like a Friday or Saturday night, right? Well, no, it's on like no? every other day, every but day. hockey night in Canada is like Monday night football. It's Monday night football. Okay, in Canada is woven into the fabric of well, probably not anymore, given what people consume from a media perspective, but it's woven into the fabric of Canadian life during the eighties and nineties, and probably even a little bit after that. It was on radio once. That's how big it was. Because we had to, there was some what? story in class. Don't you remember we had to listen to, we had to read that story about uh, Guy Lafleur going and playing for the Nordiques. This was like, and, and it was all being listened to on you the radio. so much about hockey. Radio hockey. Radio hockey. I'm just saying, it would behoove everybody to watch that Ron McLean uh, tragically hip story. It's awesome. Uh, I worry people have stopped listening. Okay. All right. So let's get to something people come here for. And that is we are gathered in Philadelphia for mom's 70th birthday weekend. Lily has been here the most so far. Give us an update. Oh my God. It's the best. It's also very Canadian. It's so Canadian. Um, I surprised mom and I I wish I could just keep doing it again and again. I thank God there's a video. So I flew in very late Wednesday night and snuck into the apartment to go to sleep. She was already in bed. And then in the morning, she just like... But she could have easily been asleep on the couch. She could have, but dad made sure she went to her bed. (laughs) And then then in the morning, she wanted to leave the apartment. And dad was like, you just had cataract surgery last week. You should stay inside. She's like, Roger, she's so old. That's such a weird thing to say. He's like, you should just sit on the couch. Do some quilting. <laughs> You're going to be 70. Act like it. Just sit and do some quilting. And she was like, God, okay. And he like bullied into her sitting on the couch. And then he sat at the dining room table with his phone out. And she had the TV on. And obviously she didn't hear me come in because obviously. So I come in and I close the door and I walk right over to right the edge of the living room. She's watching TV and I'm just standing there like looking at her. And she looks up and goes, what the hell? And just like starts crying hysterically. Which is, I mean, she doesn't cry about it. Which was both like beautiful and also scary. I was like, I think I But it was amazing because it was pretty clear that Becky and I had both almost ruined the surprise. and Twice. So I feel like 
she was faking a little bit. Well, no, I think that like had it been in another context where we you all gathered and was like waiting for a surprise, should have been like, oh, Lily's coming. But it was just so out of context that I'd walk right into her living room in the morning that I think we got her. That's because Becky and I categorically refused to come up a day early for this <laughs> for this weekend. I'll take it. Are there any other things? Yes. And then we brought mom's five Canadian besties into Philadelphia, into America from Montreal to surprise her. Um, so like, what's better than her best friend? Did you get some good Montreal gossip? I got so much Montreal gossip. It was amazing. Oh my what God. What her besties, Don Cherry? From hockey? Is that a hockey reference? <laughs> hockey Night in Canada host that was kicked off. So she, she's loving it. And there's so many Canadian accents in the house, Josh. It's so good. Can I ask a question? Are you actually coming to Philadelphia under the auspices of your mom's 70th birthday to pick up your Amazon packages? yes you know that she said you know lily the two things that almost ruined this was shy and becky like mentioning accidentally and the fact that a bunch of packages arrived for you see there you go she's like wow lily's really getting started early for the winter holiday (laughs) or she's coming so the reason why i've been the reason why we're sitting in the closet (laughs) so the reason why we've been talking about (laughs) about hockey so much is one of the best shows you that i think is out there right now is called shorzy and it's on hulu everyone should go watch the first two seasons the second season just came out and um we watched it and well one of us watched it i want it i want it all of it i would like to explain myself we've been waiting what a year over a year a year and a half for this new season to come out and I realized that, like, in order for me to watch the whole season in time to record tonight, I would have had to rush through it. I would have had to been like watching on my phone while I'm eating a snack, while I'm on the go, just got to plow through it. And I, I mean, what to me. right. Yeah. And, and basically, I, I couldn't do it because I love this show so much that when I sit down to watch it, it, it brings me so much joy that to cheat the experience, I couldn't do it. So I only got through the first two episodes because I really I'm savor so it. Good. Lily respects that. She understands that. I really savor it. And I um, last two episodes. and I don't mind, I don't mind if you guys do spoilers because I don't really believe in spoilers. I think I think it's, like I think it's something is good no matter what. So I'm happy, you know, to sit through the spoilers. But I'm just saying it's so good. It makes me so much happy. I had to, I have to savor it. So much happy. Can only watch it once for the first time. All right. I loved season two. I thought I think it's a great like evolution of the characters. Only for Canadians though. How would an Amer? How would someone who doesn't get this stuff and we barely Joey get is the one that brought it into our lives? Allie, 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 Allie loves the show. Like Allie loves the show. Doesn't know anything about hockey. Josh, what do you think about season two? Josh loves hockey. I love so. Here's a, a technical question about the podcast. I do have my complaints. Can I save that to the end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's. We will have Josh's complaints, people. Don't worry. Well, you'll have your complaints. Get your take on this because it's really bothering me. Okay. But what did I think of season two? Uh, I loved season two. You know, I was a little worried after watching the first episode where I was like, uh, it just sort of didn't have the same like shock Bye. that the first one had. But it really built into something that was more interesting than I expected this season. Hmm. Like, I, I'm curious to get all of your takes on it because 
there's not exactly like in-depth character development, to be, which is like, uh, I know, so, a pillar of what you all believe in. One of the things that I think Jared Kiso, who created the show, does that is actually amazing <laughs> in an extremely short amount of time and with very, very, very like individual moments of side characters is able to show you an enormous amount of growth. Like what I, I actually watch it and I'm always amazed and I'm like, God damn it. How did he get us from, you know, Shorzy gets a lot of screen time, but like the the evolution even of the character, um, uh, uh, Ted, what's his name? Ted uh, Hitchcock. Hitchcock, who has has a huge arc. He has a, he, he has a big arc this season, but what does he really do? He doesn't have much. He says a few things and and just through the few things that you get, you see him grow. But even even by episode two of season two, Michaels, who starts off at the beginning of season one as the coach, his evolution from like from like fancy pants coach to weird goalie is is amazing. You know, yeah, like it's like very... just a few moments and they transform the whole character. So it was at the epicenter of this season because it was him that basically like overtly announced the theme of the season. Well, you yeah. guys can get there if you haven't watched the whole thing. But. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He was he was great. So he was he was great this season. I like that they bring in the Yanks. Oh yeah. I, I mean I, I appreciate them bringing in the Americans in this season. It, it definitely highlighted the animosity within hockey and sports of Canada versus the United States. Which I think is great. And they're like, oh, Americans they have to be the best at everything. <laughs> I also am excited for the next season when they're clearly going to do the national tournament. I wonder, are the villains going to, they're going to have to be French Canadian, right? Uh, well, it would be interesting. I mean, JJ Frankie JJ no longer being the pride of Quebec is... Uh, you know. Well, that's it. There's a lot of, uh, you know, Quebec, we stand by our own. Like, I wonder if there's going to be like a whole, also just the way they write French Canadians in this show is so funny that just the more you can have in this show, the better. It is one of my favorite things about the show is that they have multiple characters that never speak in English, but the dialogue never stops. Yep. Well, they, they all, right. They just keep like, they'll talk in English to the person, the person will respond in French, you get subtitles, and then they respond back in English. And totally it goes, yeah, Dolo, like, I love it. Dolo for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, Fran, really and, and JJ doesn't understand a word of English, which I find hilarious. Yeah. Um, realistic. And realistic. Okay. So, Josh, now we love to ask you questions about hockey. So, actually, I think we touched on one that I forgot to write down, but they keep talking about how goalies are weird. Are they? Goalies are a different breed, right? Like, you to, <laughs> like you have to think about what it's like, even even as a kid, as a goalie, like I look at Samson's hockey team and there's so much pressure on that kid. First of all, there's one goalie on the team. So if that kid gets a splinter, the whole team is screwed. <laughs> but you're also talking about, from a very young age, someone that is both agreeing to have heavy rubber uh, items <laughs> shot at your face and your body repeatedly and uh, and all the pressure of losing or winning on you, like you have to be a total different mindset. I don't know. I don't know which sport came first. I I assume like I would never speak ill of hockey. So let's assume that hockey is is before soccer. Um, but so. but but like I have a question. How is it humanly possible that in one the goal is so? gigantically small 
and the Wait, whole body of the goalie blocks the goal. It's so small. It's not gigantic. What do you mean? Gigantic? It's just the, it's so tiny that like it seems like it's like the gigantically it's small. Very hard to get a puck and, into a net by a goalie. But but yeah. like the goal the goalie is so humongous with all the pads and there's like a tiny net behind him. And in soccer, you have a tiny human and the largest <laughs> goal goal you've ever seen. This and the proportion of puck to ball is not the same as the goal to the other goal. And you've highlighted one of the reasons why I don't like watching soccer. I, I agree, but but yet both have an enormous amount of pressure on them. Like two scores the whole really, game. Is there really pressure on a soccer goalie? Like when you have a penalty, you just assume soccer, it's just going in. It's you just going, let in, it going unless the person sucks. It. Right. <laughs> not shooting it, but like yet, they no, dive the completely in, wrong way. But they never go but yet in. in soccer, it's like one to one, you get maybe one or two goals. Oh, because they have to run so far, they just decide yes. to forget. That's the worst for it. Okay, but in hockey, this goalie. So what you're saying is the pressure is so strong because if they actually get it in, that guy really fucked up. Uh, it's not that they really, it is just super hard to, like, it, if you watch, like, professional hockey players and how unbelievably skilled they are, the goalies are insane. And you have to have a memory like a goldfish because, you know, you let in one goal and two seconds later, someone is shooting a hundred mile an hour slap shot at your head. Like, you can't think about it. Like, it's not, you know, quarterback throws an interception in football, they go sit down, they look at the, whatever. Like, the goalie is always out there, always being screamed at, and you have to, just the mental fortitude. So, goalies are weird. Do most do most goals go through the legs or, like, over the shoulder? I would say all over. Oh. And okay. the best goalies are, are insane athletes. And Wait, they so stop, it- they don't move very much, Josh. No. They just stand there. Send you the videos of watching how they move. I have to, okay. No, but, okay. Sorry, but you're not answering the question. Is the reason that hockey is not a high scoring game? Is it because is shot. it because the goalie takes up so much of, the net, so much of the net, or because they're actually blocking the shots? Best goalies in the world save ninety two percent of the shots. That's the best goalies in the world. Just because they're standing there, because no, they're moving to stop them. But couldn't you just go chip, chop, 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 chop? It, just, it seems like it's like the it's very small the net. I'm Bad just... goalies stop seventy five percent of the shots. So hockey, you, you know, most games are going to get four to five goals on each side, or two to three at least. Well, we're unlike soccer. You All right, get, you get zero zero. Next next question is a is a health and wellness question, and this is there's a major theme this season about how Dolo and Goody Why do they have teeth. Hold on a second. I'm just asking about the show for a second. Then you can ask about the teeth. Dolo and Goody are in the words of Shorzy hammer and ass all night. So they've done a right. period. Uh, they, they have no legs in the third period because they did a period between the sheets. Two part question. One is, is this a real hockey thing? And do you have to, and, and does this apply to you when you are playing hockey? Um, uh, and then the other oh, question, no. and the other question is, that josh's answer and, and the other question is don't they have to have enough gas for overtime anyway so what why is the third why is this third period an issue well how many periods i'll say a, a, there are three periods in hockey and then you can have uh an overtime period that lasts five minutes in the nhl or if it's in the playoffs it can go forever i like to just call the period it's very like a quality. <laughs> very oh, so okay, so overtime is in fifteen minutes. No, overtime is five minutes. Uh, is this a thing? I would, I would actually go back to uh, the superstitious nature of 
I, I can't speak to every other sport, but hockey. That's what I was saying. I'm abstaining. So when I was younger, and I had like I had my own uh, beer league playoffs. Yeah, sometimes you might choose to abstain uh, before a game, but that there's really no rhyme or reason for it. But I think if you look at Dolo and Goody in the show, who are clearly spending from like their entire evening until the wee hours of the morning uh, doing the uh, hammering. Yes. Uh, maybe that would be why they wouldn't have legs for the third period. Got it. Okay. Okay. So now, uh, all right. That that makes a lot of sense. All right. Lily wants to know why hockey players lose teeth. I feel like Ted is missing a tooth. Oh, why they missing a tooth. I mean, up until only recently, they had to force hockey players to wear half visors. So even if these guys are wearing like mouth guards, like the. Go like go on YouTube and look up hockey players getting hit in the mouth with pucks. Like they'll block puck, they'll block shots with their face. Oh my <laughs> god! Don't they? They all don't wear a mask, like the helmet with the mask. I don't. Can't, I cannot think of one person in the pros that wears anything other than a half visor, unless they've had like a jaw broken. Oh my god! Hockey players are all are weird. Objectively, hockey players are the toughest people I've ever seen. Like there are people that will literally break a jaw, be drinking through a straw, and playing. There are guys that like have eighty stitches in their face and finish the game. I mean, these guys are crazy. There are people that have played months on broken feet. They're totally crazy. So teeth is like there was the a, least there was of a, the worries. There was an incident the other day where a guy literally like. I think he got a stick or a puck in the face and he just went down he just went like started picking up the goalie came over to pick up the teeth like he didn't even like i don't even know if he missed the shift like these guys just but they, so there's no one there's only one goalie but do the other guys have backups oh no there's backup goalies i'm just talking about like in youth hockey or whatever oh okay so there's okay. actually there's this, been this famous phenomenon in hockey recently called the the uh e-bug which is the emergency backup goalie where you have one goalie on the ice, one goalie who's a backup. And when they both get hurt, there's some random dude in the stands who plays like beer league hockey that gets to come in and play the game called the E-Bug. How is that not a movie already? That's like the best it, movie like script ever. ever. And whenever it happens, it's always a great story. Like if you Google the E-Bug goalie, and it's happened a few times in the last couple of years, it's like it's like Invincible with Marky Mark. Oh my God. Um, what is it? Can we say shotgun e-bug movie? <laughs> um, Josh, you'll write it for us. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, there's a great scene where they go play against the Yanks, the Sioux, Michigan, in the United States. And in an, in sort of like a way of trolling the Sudbury Blueberry Bulldogs for uh, for the U.S. anthem, they bring out some amazing singer, but for the Canadian National Anthem of Canada, they have a kid who's just learning how to play the recorder for the first time. They have been the funniest scene of the entire season. <laughs> oh my God, so It was so funny. Have you ever seen any kind of prank like that? Like, or, or, or extensive drill. I think there's a long history of hockey pranks. It, like you hear all the stories of the pranks. I've never heard or seen that one, but it was so perfect because obviously Shorzy, you know, when he hears the Canadian national anthem, he cries. So yeah. the true trolling of like cutting Shorzy where it hurts is the horrible recorder version of that, which was, I, I think, maybe I, the pinnacle of humor in the season. I, I have a question. One of the one of the scenes that I really appreciated this season um, is 
I don't know. I don't remember which episode it is where they're talking about all the hammering back to that for a second. And they're trying to figure out who's the ugliest. It's such a great scene, but that, it made me, it made me, episode. I do love that so much. And when they're like, it's consistently shorezy, he's like, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> like I, I'm fine with that. Um, but I wonder how you felt. I felt, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun on the outline. I don't think it's on the outline. Is um I I I I love the season, but I felt I was missing some some Shorzy level insults. That like, was the piece that, that was most missing for me. They like if you talk to like the hockey guys, like the second the show came out, the text that started like the the video that started going around was Shorzy as the referee chirping all the kids on the bench. Like that is consistently the funniest thing. We just didn't get as much of that. Right. And I actually felt like. Even the chirps on the ice this time were not quite at the level of the first I, season. I, I do think, though, part of it is is there's a little bit of a they needed to make room for the other characters. Um, they're clearly going to do this for many seasons. There's already, I think, a third season planned. Um, but I think also is that I think that's a little bit of the Shirzy character development. I think if you look back to Letterkenny where he started, where he was just like a one note guy, just talking about just chirping. That was his main character. Um, they, they have, they have softened him quite a bit. He is, he is. But I miss that. I think you could, he's still so lovable. I feel like he's so lovable. I don't need to lose the. Like his character, his true character comes out. At, can, I, can I give a spoiler here? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. Like, you know, at the end, which I love, they totally turned it into this like emotional thing. Like, you know, is it really success unless you have someone to share it with? And all the guys are like scoring goals, and then Shorzy's uh, female companion walks in, and he just slashes someone in the back of the ankles, and they fall. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. It was like the epitome of his character coming out. So there's still ways to work it in, and they definitely had like a two and a half minute scene of him uh, chirping someone for doing too much cocaine the night before. So, you know, it's still there. That's, that's just a montage in episode one of him chirping. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, because when they're winning, when they're, when they're he winning. chirps them even more. Um, <laughs> and I think it, maybe it's also the, sh- what, the the shift in his relationship with Sanguinette that, like, that's such a big part of the first season, how he's so mean to him. And now the fact that that's, like, the squeezer's gone, like, we're done with <laughs> the squeezer. Let's go get squeezer. <laughs> And Sanguinette's now the coach. Like he can't tell him. He was the coach in the previous season. No, no but he was. But he was already. He was. Star- yeah, he hadn't earned his. Play. He respects him as a coach. Right? Now he, he respects him. So he can't say shut. He doesn't say shut the fuck up, Sanguinette anymore. That's right? true. That's true. So maybe those are the little things that. He is growing as a character. He definitely. I mean, he chooses to break his accountability rule at the end. Right. 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 I read it. Okay, now let's talk about, all right, let's get people's thoughts on who you're, well, you two don't fully know yet, but who is your MVP of the season, Josh? Other than Remy Nadeau. Remy Nadeau. What is that? Is that, are there local hockey announcers that are like that? The the hockey announcers are amazing. Amazing. The whole whole bit of there being French announcers because JJ, Frankie JJ is the pride of Quebec is just a super random thing that I love. And the guy that just, I think is all he says, Remy Dado. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> they do a whole bit on what was it? It was like Wilson, Bilson, Benson. Bilson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. Uh, my MVP of the season, uh, look, I actually think it's the rare case, honestly, where Shorzy, because Shorzy is actually growing as a character. But if I had to pick someone else, I thought it was uh, was Hitchcock. 
I thought oh. Hitchcock did have that story arc of him sort of like... I need subtitles. I can't understand a single thing he says. That's part of it. Uh, we watch it with subtitles because Danielle can't hear very much, so it's helpful. It's helpful. Well, I uh, can't understand it. So, I, I like think... Hitchcock, but I think Shorzy is, is honestly the MVP of the season in the show. Like, he's he's at the center of everything. I, I think... I, I, I'm going to say you're right on both of those because I also like they've really leveled up Hitchcock as his second in command on the team in a certain way. But I, but my other shout out would be to Michaels who yeah, starts really as one of the most annoying characters oh, in maybe one of Panini alone, but, but also in the first season when there's that whole scene with his, where he does that, alone. where he does, so where he does that whole dramatic scene with his penis hanging out in the first <laughs> season. And in this season, like Michaels is a huge part of turning the team around. And and I really loved that. I love that element. I think that was a huge rewarding character growth. Agreed. I also thought, um, yeah, I think a lot of it, I, you know, I'll go back on your original point of some of the characters really showing growth, like Sanguinette call, pulling the, the stunt to threaten to cut the guy at the yeah, end. Fish. That, yeah, fish. Cuts was, fish, yeah. So Sanguinette, I think, uh, showed a lot of growth in this season too. I love the Michael thing. I thought the Michael thing was super cool, and all the random Canadian trivia was amazing. Yeah. Um. So that's a good that's a good setup for. I'm gonna I'm gonna not get into the more spoilers. Let's just get into the relationships of the season. Okay. So we have. I'm gonna play a little Byron Meh. You have Shorzy and Laura, the journalist. Mm-hmm. You have JJ, Frankie JJ, and Laurence Leboeuf. Yeah. And you have Hitchcock and the waitress. Josh, how would you rank those by rent and may? Uh, I think I would rank JJ and Laurence LaBeouf actually at the top because there's an entire subplot. He's on her all the time. So that's, they don't even have a good relationship, but I just enjoyed that entire arc of JJ Frankie. There was an entire five minute scene of a Quebecois French TV show with all of his girlfriends talking about his eating. <laughs> like, so I don't necessarily think they're the uh, look, obviously for me. I forgot you're right. There's the scene where they just have his ex-girlfriends on TV. And then he comes back to Laurence LeBeouf and he wasn't playing well until she came back. And she's acting as a translator. So <laughs> she has a bigger role this season. Uh, I did like the Shorzy and Laura thing because I think it shows growth in Shorzy. Uh, so I, I think, you know, that that's the easy one. Uh, I'm happy. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'll rent JJ and Laurence LeBeouf. I will buy Shorzy and Laura. I don't really want to met Hitch and the waitress because good for Hitch. He got the waitress. He, he was uh, widely considered the to be second the, round. Hold on. Yeah. He, he was considered to be sort of like at the bottom of the barrel of the group. Yeah. But he still gets the waitress because everyone in Sudbury is a model. Yeah, that's amazing. Impossibly beautiful. Um, all right. So now the next round are Mig and Sanguinette, Nat and that American player, and then Dolo and Goody and their many girlfriends. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll start from the bottom. I'm gonna meh the Nat and the American player, because that just didn't really contribute too much to it, other than that she gets to be happy and human for a second. Uh, I will rent Mig and Sanguinette just because, eh, like it doesn't really contribute much to the show. And I'm going to buy Dolo and Goody and the girlfriends because that's just such a a hilarious, like these two random guys that are constantly (laughs) hammering, like hammering 
multiple women at the same time. It's just hilarious. Um, all right. And now there is an um, there are amazing exchanges because they do such a good job with deep cut Canadian music. And I know my sisters, I'm sure, followed the notes and looked at the songs up I beforehand. Looked, but I've never heard of any of them. Okay. I Mother Earth call it was incredible. So they so they reference I Mother Earth. So they reference Age of Electric, and then they, in an entire conversation about Age of Electric and its spinoff band, Limblifter, which I know those bands both well, they have a whole conversation between Hitch and the Waitress. All right, I'm going to give you Byron May of these uh, these days. three Canadian songs, um, uh, of these three Canadian songs, Okay. Uh, that are mentioned, well, mentioned or or ostensibly mentioned. So Limblifter's Tinfoil, um, Age of Electric's Remote Control, or I'm Mother Earth's One More Astronaut. Josh, you're a Canadian music expert. What do you say? Well, I can actually sing to you, I'm Mother we're, Earth. We're talking about what we're ordering for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> so I can actually sing One More Astronaut by I'm Mother Earth. So I remember that song. So that's the buy. I do know the Where's My Remote Control song because I remember that video, which was super weird. Uh, I have no idea about Lynn Lifter and something called Tinfoil. So it's going to go buy I, Mother Earth, rent, remote control, and uh, Lynn Lifter can get the mail. Lim Lifter's Tinfoil has an awesome video, and I remember seeing it being like, what are the guys from Major Electric doing in this band? Um, okay, that's that, those are good answers, although I think I would probably go with uh, Tinfoil. Um, all right, let's get to some shout-outs and wrecks. My one big recommendation for people is this uh, – ice, uh, not Icelandic. What is it? Okay, before, before you go into this, can I get your perspective on my complaints? Oh, yeah, do your complaints. Do your complaints. It's the only reason people have kept listening to this episode. It is, it is, finish, thoroughly, finish. It is thoroughly upsetting to me that the only movies that I ever see previews for in theaters are horror movies now. It has the movie theater experience. My kids – also are upset by that. It's like Halloween-ish time? Like 80, no, no. It's like 80% horror. Like, tell so it's me just like the news. Tell me the movie that I should go see in theaters, other than like a, an occasional Marvel movie or like Top Gun, that is not horror. But I, I think that has to do with the state of the business because... Because you've gone to... Oh, hold on. You saw these previews. But, 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 but I think part of it is that like, if people are going to go to a theater now... They're paying for an experience and seeing a horror movie with a group of people is an experience that isn't the same for like a mumblecore I, movie. I, I totally get it. But has that is that what going to the movies has become? I mean, I if I look at the movies I've seen in the theater, Top Gun, uh, Barbie, Mission Impossible, and Evil Dead Rise, uh, accurate. And Evil Dead Rise was very cool in the theater. You saw that in theater? Yeah, I was oh terrified. God, was in the huge laser theater <laughs> icon. Sounds awesome. No, no. With Ranjit. Shout out to Ranjit. So other than like Top Gun and Mission Impossible, which were the last two movies I think I saw in theaters. I never made it to Barbie just because of timing and whatnot. Or maybe the Taylor Swift movie, which is not really a movie. Everything is horror. It's so depressing. I don't want to go to the movies anymore. <laughs> I, I'm not, I, I, I am, this is not a comment on Taylor Swift. Like I'm happy that people are having uh, zeitgeist experiences but it is kind of funny to pay money to see just like what the big screen was on at the concert you paid 20 grand smart. to go to it sounds smart no, it sounds like way more comfortable than going to the show and getting into that stadium and being really so went, far away and, and only be able to watch it on the screen because you couldn't afford tickets to actually see her up close also true 
I, all I know is it's depressing. Like we used to go see all these stupid movies in theaters, and now I, like, you're never I going to see like Super no Troopers in a theater ever again. No, you have to go to a film festival to see something like that. Not, and you're also not going to ever go see a comedy in a theater. It's going to be on your TV. Generally not. Right. So I, I'm depressed with what movie theaters have become. That is my complaint. Enough with the horror movies. Give me Great. a good, give me a good comedy or something that's fun to laugh together, not just scream together. Look, Josh, it's art imitating life. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> that, that's a good wait. So, do you have any? Do you have any recommendations or shoutouts in addition to your complaints? But no, I'm asking Josh because it's his turn. Just don't forget. Yes. So I, I did watch Golda the other day on the plane, and I thought that was awesome. Golda. What? Golda. I liked it. I thought. Uh, I know we made Helen Mirren started. played a wonderful Jew, starring Helen Mirren, America's favorite Jew. At least we. Hey, listen. We can complain about like who was chosen to play the roles, but I thought she did a really good job. And Liam Schreiber. Of she did. She's Helen Kissinger. Mirren. No one's saying she would have done a bad job. She's Helen Mirren. I'm well, just saying then. she's America's favorite Jew. <laughs> Uh, fair enough but either way it was a really good i thought it was really well done it was very, it was super cool to see some of these people that you like read about as characters in that's great home. that's awesome yeah, i'm sure it was cool He's- uh, and uh i see lily has lupin here but i started watching lupin too which i think is super cool is that too, is that like a, is that a harry i'm watching the first season is that a harry potter spinoff yeah. about remus lupin the teacher watches or listens to harry potter or knows what that is okay you know, like harry potter's harry- not a thing stop trying to make it happen <laughs> okay. um so this is a french josh i bet you you appreciate that this is a french show do you watch it in french uh no i watch it in english with uh the overdubs do you i guess watch- i could watch it in french watch but- it dubbed well, no, whatever it is in English on Netflix, when I just turn it on, it goes into... That's has... dubbed, my friend. Yeah, that's fine. I don't need to watch it in French. Oh, my God. That's kind of like... the I yeah, love so I'm trying to get Danielle it. to watch it with me, and so she's definitely not watching it in French. Okay, so I watched Wait, it so in... it's not even called Lupin. It's called Lupin. It's Lupin. No one said it was Lupin. Lupin. You just read it. Everything with subtitles anyway. Why wouldn't you watch it in the original language with subtitles? I guess I could. I don't know. No, just, it's Josh. You got to give it a try because I I think the show's really fun and it's um just like kind of what the doctor ordered right now because it's not too funny but it's intriguing and I'm on season three and it it's great. It's really great. Um, but part of fun of watching it, I watch it in French with Spanish subtitles, so that's a trip. But the best is getting like having grown up in Montreal guys. And I know it's not Quebecois, it's Paris, Parisian French, but even then like having them go après vous, le fou, le, I'm like, Oh, it's like being home. It's like, it warms my heart. There, Watch it in French, Josh. I would French, recommend, I would recommend the show. French. I thought it was a good show. I think it's a it's, good show. It's great. It's really great. And I recommend watching it. It's version original. Um, I'm on the new season of Upload, which I am absolutely loving, and it came out. It's, yeah, on, on Prime, Amazon. and it's it's awesome. I recommend Sisu, a Finnish movie. Um, it's an who's it's, look, using subtitles now. It, oh, it's, there's not much talking in it. It's wild. There's a guy. So it's the end of World War II, and this Nazi unit is retreating over Finnish land, and this guy gets basically wrapped up in like a chase with them. It's kind of like a Finnish World War II version of Mad Max Fury Road. It is fantastic. It's cool. gritty and intense and, and uh, very, very, very satisfying. And I and I hope 
I hope they, I'd like to, anyways, I, the, the, the Nordic countries, the Scandinavian countries, I, I, I've generally have been digging their movies. Uh, even though Josh, you know, isn't a true appreciator of Vikings because he didn't like the Northman. For the love of God, that movie stank, and you should just watch the show Vikings already. Good Lord. No, Last Kingdom forever. All right. Well, Josh, thank you for being here. Lily and Becky, thank you for being here. Merci. Have a wonderful week, sir. Thank you for listening to Friday Night Movie, the sibling rivalry and pop culture podcast. Join the Friday Night Movie family by following at Friday Night Movie on all of the socials and visiting our website, FridayNightMovie.com. Our theme song is by What Does It Eat? And make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.